Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Bucko Booth. My name is Benson Fector, and I will be the host of the show today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, no matter if it's live, archived, however you're doing it. I appreciate it. So uh, we're just going to do a quick weekly recap, as we always do. Since last Saturday, um, Saturday they uh, we lost to the Cardinals, as well as Sunday. We moved into the series with the Rockies. We had a three-game series with them. Lost Monday. so we three-game losing streak to start the week. Wasn't very good. But then, again, a little three-game winning streak, win the Rockies series, win the first game of the Giants series, and then just a disastrous 13-10 loss to the Giants last night. But we do have an opportunity to still win this series as the series is knotted up at one. So that's our little weekly recap. Let's get into our weekly awards. So my player of the week uh, goes to Josh Harrison. Over the course of the week, he's batting 300 uh, with one home run and three RBIs. Um, and the title of this show is, Should Adam Frazier Be the Full-Time Second Baseman for the Pirates? That's the title. Josh Harrison has been the full-time second baseman for the Pirates. The Pirates have a dilemma on their hands. What are they going to do? We're going to find out about that in a couple minutes here. Uh, we're just going to roll through the rest of our weekly awards. Josh Harrison gets our Player of the Week. So last week, if you remember, our pitcher was Keone Kella. This week, again, I'm giving it to Keone Kella. He's pitched two innings, allowing one hit, walking one, and striking out four. The dude's a beast, has a nasty curveball. I mean, if you were watching the game the other night, that curveball looked like a lefty one. It was insane break on it. <laughs> All we had to do was give up Taylor Hearn and a player to be named later. Neil Huntington, great acquisition. I love me some Keone Kella. And that back end of the bullpen with Kella, Crick, and Vasquez. And you have Santana and Rodriguez. It's just like middle relief guys. I mean, the bullpen is good. The bullpen is very good. And I'm so excited to see what the future holds uh, as we push towards October. Rookie of the week goes to Colin Moran. He's batting 385 with three RBIs. And last night, it was very nice to see him get that double. It was his first extra base hit in forever. But Colin Moran, the red beard, mm, love me some of him. Uh, not much else to say, but he has been fantastic. He's been steady for the Pirates this year. And we talked about him last week on the show and how he hasn't really lived up to expectations um, regarding his power. Uh, but Colin Moran has generally for the most part, been what we need. And here's the thing. You can also plug in a guy like David Freeze at third base who has just been – he's been on fire. He's been crushing lefties all season. And that third base spot of Colin Moran and David Freeze, we've got some good guys over there. And I'm so happy that we do because they just provide what the offense needs in that cleanup role since uh, Josh Bell hasn't been able to do so so far this year. Glove of the week, gold glove winner 
is Jordy Mercer. He had 20 total chances this week, 17 assists, three putouts, and a double play he was a part of, which was last night on the uh, on the challenge that uh, we won. So no errors. And Jordy Mercer, he's as steady as it gets at shortstop. And actually on my Instagram account, I've been having a little bit of a feud account on whether Jordy Mercer is a good player. Yes, he's a good player. He's the best eight-hole hitter in the National League, and I can confidently say that. He is the epitome of average to above average, but the eight-hole in the National League is, in my opinion, one of the hardest to hit in in baseball because you have the pitcher behind you. You don't know if you're going to see any pitches, and Jordan Mercer goes out there, and he produces. He's one of the steadiest gloves in the league. He is Mr. Consistency, and that's all you can ask for out of Jordan Mercer. He has been fantastic for the Pirates over the course of his career, and he is entering his con- – this is his contract year. I would be thrilled if we could bring him back. And maybe maybe bring back a Danny Echeverria, too, who hit a, who hit a bomb last night. So we're going to segue a little bit into our main focus of the show, and that's talking about Adam Frazier, right? Listen, since being recalled from Indianapolis last month, Adam Frazier has been – one of the more consistent hitters for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Is it time for him to finally take over the second base duties full-time as the season winds down? With the way that he has been hitting since returning the Pirates on July 25th in Cleveland, Adam Frazier is making it very difficult for Clint Hurdle to take him out of the lineup. The problem is, is that his primary position is currently occupied by the longest-tenured player on the roster, Josh Harrison. But does Frazier's recent hot streak mean that it's time for a change? Frazier has collected 19 hits and 43 plate appearances in 13 games since that game in Cleveland. He's batting 463, a 465 OBP, and a 756 slugging in that time period, with nine doubles and a home run to go along with a ridiculous WRC bus of 226. Now, he is having some luck finding grass glove when it comes to his hits and that time span because he has a bad of 529. And that is not sustainable for the rest of the season. The BABIP will regress down and so will some of the other lofty numbers that he is currently putting up. Still though, the team should capitalize on his hot bat and continue to put him in the lineup almost if not every day. For a comparison, let's look at how Harrison performed in his last 13 games. Going back to July 15th, has collected 12 hits and 44 plate appearances and is hitting 300, a 344 BP and slugging 550. He has hit just one double in those games, but has left the yard three times compared to Frazier's one home run in the same number of games. Harrison may not have the lofty WRC plus like Frazier, but his mark of 136 is still above league average. Harrison's ABIP in these games is 310. So it does not seem like he's either getting lucky or unlucky when it comes to where his batted balls will land. Per Fangraphs, Frazier has been a 1.1 war player this season and is on pace to set a respectable new career high in his young career. At the opposite end of the spectrum, Harrison has just been a 0.5 war player in 2018 and could very well post his worst war since becoming an impactful bat in the Pittsburgh lineup in 2014. Some of this is because of Frazier's recent hot streak, 
but it is his superior defensive play that gives him the upper hand. Since both players are second baseman by trade, only that position will be used for the sake of an easy comparison. Harrison certainly surpasses Frisher when it comes to playing time at second base with 590 and a third innings to just 209 and a third. So it's an easy, but not exactly equal comparison. However, in those innings played, the two players have been vastly different when compared defensively. In terms of DRS, which is defensive runs saved, Frazier has saved four runs because of his ability at second base, while Harrison's season total sits at negative two, meaning his defensive limitations have allowed opponents to score often. If UZR 150 is used, which normalizes UZR to 150 defensive games, Frazier is at 6.2 for the season, while Harrison is at negative 3.6. So both of these advanced metrics indicate that Frazier is the better defender that gets so much so that Harrison has actually posted negative numbers in those categories. If the team would de- would decide to move full time, they could easily slide Harrison into a super utility role, something that he thrived in just a few seasons ago. In 2014, the year that he finished ninth in the National League's MVP voting, Harrison played more than 15 games at second base, third base, up right field and left field. He has not seen any action in the outfield this year. He did play nine games that are last season. However, Sean Rodriguez still occupies that role for the Pirates. So nothing can happen until the team makes a decision on the veteran. With the acquisition of a Danny Echeverria, there is another infielder now in the mix for playing time. And there are only so many innings to go around. But with the acquisitions in Keone Kella, indicated that the team is looking at this year and beyond, it might be worthwhile to shift Harrison to a utility role for the rest of the season since he could be a valuable asset to the team as that type of player in 2019. Listen, guys, it's time. Time amazement is up. Harrison is better suited as a super utility role player. Adam Frazier deserves to be the starting full-time second baseman for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's the truth. That's the reality we face. And I want to move on a little bit here and talk about why exactly was Clay Holmes starting versus Giants last night. So why was this guy in the Pittsburgh Pirates talking about right-hand rookie pitcher Clay Holmes? So after a traumatic Colorado wears pitching runs in 21 innings of work. Manager Clint Hurdle decided that, once again, his red-hot players needed rest rather than more reps. Calling up Holmes to give the trio of Joe Musgrove, Jameson Tyone, and Chris Archer an extra day off. Originally, the pitcher who was on was Trevor Williams. In his last four starts, Williams has allowed just earned runs in two innings. They also outpitched reigning AL Cy Young winner Corey Kluber and this year's National League Cy Young favorite Jacob DeGrom during that span. To say Trevor enjoys pitching in big games would be an understatement. Yet, rather than having him along with Musgrove and Tyler to finish off an important four-game series against the Giants, the Bucks instead put their faith in someone who has pitched just four times in the major leagues. Listen, 
I get the importance of resting players, and I understand that the MLB season is a marathon, a sprint. However, at what point does Hurdle throw all of his chips on the table and put out the best possible lineup for his team to win on a day-to-day basis? We are not in May anymore. And unless if my eyes deceive me, higher within spitting distance of the playoff picture. With that being said, I will ask again, why on earth was Clay against the Giants last night? Ongoing desire to rest his players had shown any signs of being effective. I wouldn't be talking about this. The only problem is these rest days seem to be more hurtful than they are helpful. My first example of this would be the four-man outfield rotation. After Sonny Marte was reactivated off the disabled list on May 26, <clears throat> Hurdle elected to use a four-man outfield rotation in hopes of getting Gregory Polanco out of his midseason slump. While the four-man rotation certainly allowed Polanco to get back on track, the extra rest stalled the progress of both Corey Dickerson and Marte, who had OPS of 699 and 698 during the time frame. Sure enough, when Hurdle started batting Dickerson first, playing he, Marte, and Polanco on an everyday basis, not only did the outfield's offensive production improve, the team turned their entire season around. The Pirates could not lose until once again, Hurdle once again started messing with the everyday lineup. Just in the past week, we made a fifth inning of a tied game against the St. Louis Cardinals to give rest to a bullpen that had two days off earlier in the week. Day he refused to pinch hit David Freeze in the late innings of a close game and instead looked toward Jordan Luplo to come up big in a key situation. Last but not least, he decided to leave a smoldering Adam Frazier out of the starting lineup against the Rockies on Monday. Sure enough, all three decisions backfired. McRae got rocked all the way back to Indianapolis. Luplo hit into an inning ending double play with a tight. Colorado on Monday with their hottest hitter watching from the dugout. All three losses could have potentially been avoided had the manager been less cautious. Now, after winning uh, winning three days straight and losing last night, and with the starting rotation clicking better than ever, Hurdle is once again elected to play it safe, pitching holds, rather than the guys who helped this team get back into the playoff dis- discussion. Hurdle often uses the phrase, we don't want to overcook it, when he refers to a situation where his staff decides not to overthink a particular situation. However, when it comes to giving his players rest versus playing them on the day of an important game, Hurdle might need to check the oven because something might be burning. Clint, what were you thinking last night? Why in the world are we starting Clay Holmes? Okay, as I said, this is not mid-May anymore. We had an opportunity with a win last night to be four games back to the second wildcard spot and seven games back to the division. Instead, we fall to eight back to the division and five back to the wildcard. Guys, it's August 11th. There's only so many games left in the season. We've played 116 games. Just say, oh, this is one game anymore. No. Every game is critical. There are we have to leapfrog to get into that playoff position, and I can't stand Clint Hurdle making these decisions anymore. Okay, if we pitched Trevor Williams last night, we 
score 10 runs, we're going to win the ball game. Okay, Trevor Williams is going to give us more than two and a third innings. And then we have to throw a bum like Casey Sadler out there. Okay, great story. 1,215 days since your last Major League appearance. I don't care. I want my best pitchers in there. I want my best hitters on there on a daily basis. We saw what happened when we got rid of Austin Meadows and that outfield rotation. Bam. 11-game winning streak. Okay. This rotation's been hot. It's been clicking. And we decided to pitch Clay Holmes in an important game like last night. What are we thinking? Okay, th- this frustrates me to no end. This is a very important series. We're trying to get a jo- Not only are we trying to move our way up in the standings, but we are trying to leave the Giants in the rearview mirror. We needed to win last night. It was a winnable ball game if we pitched Trevor Williams. And tonight we'd be pitching Joe Musgrove and tomorrow be Jameson Tyone. What's wrong with that? Why did Clay Hurdle feel the need to insert Clay Holmes, an inexperienced pitcher, into the rotation? Out of nowhere. There was no need for it. None at all. The rotation was going well, and there were no signs of it slowing down. Okay, I get it if somebody's struggling. I get it if Trevor Williams had a bad night. I would have much, much rather see Trevor Williams get shelled last night than Clay because at least I would have known that Clint Hurdle is putting his chips into the table. I'm not right now. Adam Frazier, another example. He needs to be in the lineup every day. I don't care if we sit out Josh Harrison. I don't care if we sit out Jordy Mercer. Adam Frazier needs to be in that lineup. He is the hottest hitter in baseball. Trevor Williams needed to start last night. We cannot be making these kind of could come down to one game. Last night could have cost us the season. Every game matters. Every game is important, more so now than ever. All the games prior to this have been important, but we are in a pennant chase. We are within spitting distance of a playoff spot, of getting back to the playoffs and bringing a World Series back to Pittsburgh. Don't you want that? Don't you want that, Clint Hurdle? Why are we pitching Clay Holmes? And why is Casey Sadler in the big leagues? I'd much rather have Stephen Brault up here. What about Jesus Lorenzo? What about Buddy Boshears? Why the heck were we pitching Alex McRae? Why are these guys in the big leagues? Can't we stop messing around and realize you have to put the best 25 people on the roster and play them? The stars need to go out every fifth day. The high-leverage relievers need to pitch in their situations. The best, the hottest hitters in the lineup need to be out there on a daily basis until they prove that they no longer merit being in the starting lineup. It's frustrating. Last night was the game of the year. There's no way in hell us scoring 10 runs. We should have lost that game against the San Francisco Giants who haven't been able to score at all this season. Okay, Clay Holmes gave up seven runs. If we would have just left it at that and the bullpen would have shut it down, we win the game 10-7. to Pitch Richrod in that situation when we get close. Or Edgar Santana or guys like that. Clint Hurdle. You need to start realizing that we are within five games now of the playoff spot. Could have been within four. Put all your chips onto the table. That's what I want to see. If we don't make the playoffs, 
and Claire Hurdle's showing to the fans and showing to everybody that he is going all in. We are going all in this season. We just acquired Chris Archer and Keone Kella. Added Danny Echeria to the mix. Go all in. We are all in right now. Prove it. Put your best players on the lineup. We need to see that. There can't be any more critical mistakes like last night was for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It just cannot happen. And I'm usually not critical of the team, but I just could not stand the decision-making by the organization. It was disgusting. I mean, there's not much more to say. We're going to have to look at right now. <laughs> After my little uh, rant right there. So there's 45 games left in the Pittsburgh Pirates regular season. Two of the club's most used relief pitchers are inexperienced at the major league level, and their workload could be a topic of discussion at some point in the final two months. Edgar Santana and Richard Rodriguez are in their rookie seasons and pitched a collective 23 uh, and two-thirds innings at the major league level entering the 2018 season. This year, Clint Hurdle has trusted the two relief pitchers to toss 54 games and 41 games, respectively. Santana's 54 games leave all pitchers on the Pirates and his top 20 usage all across baseball. This is part of the reason the Keone Keller trade was important. It allowed the Pirates to deepen their options late in the games. So on Monday on my Instagram account, I looked at the usage of Edgar Santana, the Pirates' 26-year-old rookie relief pitcher. Since then, Santana's pitched in two games for two innings and 29 pitches. His first game came on August 6th. He hit 15 games pitched on zero, and his other on August 8th made it his 14th game pitched on one day of rest. Santana was paced at 10.38 more outings of zero or one day of rest with 20 more outings. But that marks two appearances of zero or one days of rest in the last four days. And that include if he pitched last night. But Santana isn't the only inexperienced pitcher on the Pirates. Richard Rodriguez is a 20-year-old rookie, but like Santana, could be facing a limit because of the usage. The Pirates could theoretically burn and churn Rodriguez and Santana. Neither are arbitration eligible until 2021, when Rodriguez would be in his age 31 season and Santana in his age 30 season. There are clear ethical concerns over that. Overusing the relief pitchers now before they enter arbitration can cause problems of injury effectiveness by the time they reach arbitration and prevent them from ever making more than the minimum. As middle relief pitchers, their arbitrations would never be exuberant, but burning and churning could prevent any money they could receive. There are baseball reasons to avoid burning and churning too, for usage and decreasing effectiveness. As the Pirates look to make the playoffs, having Santana Rodriguez at peak performance over the last 46 games is beneficial. Again, excluding if Rodriguez pitched the opener against the Giants, here's the amount of pitches that Rodriguez has thrown using the baseball reference game logs where all pitch data is available. So in 2015, he threw 1,299 pitches. 2016, 1,384 pitches. 2017, 1,341 pitches. So far, he's thrown 808 pitches, and his 2018 pace is 1,108. Rodriguez has thrown 808 pitches this year, including minor. He throw uh, 1,169 pitches. Any of the years 
where the data is available. His 2016 and 2017 also include his time at the Dominican Winter League. But there's two important notes here. First, Rodriguez was a relative unknown entering the season, a minor league signing to fill out the roster in Indianapolis. The 2.96, e, sorry, the 2.96 ERA and 28.8% strikeout rate that Rodriguez has were unexpected. Bacoda projected a 4.94 ERA at the beginning of the season, and his 90-degree projection was a 3.79 ERA. Rodriguez has outperformed that by nearly a full run. His rest of the season projection is a 4.81 ERA in 18 and two-thirds innings. There are still uncertainties surrounding an out-nowhere 20-year-old reliever and another reason the Keller trade made sense. But the other important note is that Rodriguez has spent some time on the disabled list for shoulder discomfort in June. Having already experienced some discomfort and his success being a surprising development at his age, it's important to limit the amount Rodriguez pitches, especially late in games. The Pirates have done a good job limiting the total amount of pitches that he has. Pitches are the only thing that matter. Having time off in between outings can also be beneficial in keeping the pitcher at peak level. Here's the base of rest for Rodriguez since 2015. So in 2015, on zero days rest, he uh, had three outings. In 2016, he also had three of those. 2017, in 2015, on one day's rest, he pitched seven times. In 16, seven times. In 17, he pitched 12 times. And so far, in 18, 16 of those such outings. Uh, on two days rest in 15, he had 19 outings, 24 and 16, 16 and 17, and so far as 10. In 2015, on three days rest, he's pitched, pitched seven times. In 2016, he pitched 13 times. Last year, nine times. And so far this year, three times. On four days rest, Rich Rod pitched uh, in 15, seven times. In 16, twice. In 2017, five times. And so far, in four days rest this year, he's pitched twice. On five days rest in 2016, he's uh, two times. And in 16, 17, 18, he's only done it once. Um, and if we're looking at six days rest, didn't happen in 2015. Happened once in 2016, twice last year, and once so far this year. And if we're looking at seven days rest, uh, nothing in 2015 or 16 like that. Only once last year, nothing so far this year. And I'm just going to have some other days rest. 2016, he had a 49-day rest period. Last year, he had a 27-day rest period. And so far, he's rested once, eight times in Seattle, the Pirates. So entering games as of Thursday, it's been at least three days since his last outings. So, so far, 58.5% of Rodriguez's outings have been zero or one day of rest, higher than the rate of Santana's. Rodriguez has already surpassed his past highs in zero or one day of rest. But one important area is that his one day of rest is double than it, that of his zero days of rest. Rodriguez is getting a day off more often than Santana who's appeared more often on zero days of rest than one day. Part of the reason for Rodriguez's usage in zero days of rest relate to the reasons that I mentioned. Inexperience and shocking success to go along with the Rodriguez is projected by Picota for 18 and two-thirds innings. Steamer has him at 12, and Zips has Rodriguez projected for 20 innings the rest of the season. 34 and a third innings total, 18 and two-thirds innings. Surprisingly, the same as his projection. 
the Pirates have done a good job of resting Rodriguez in hopes that this surprise success can be sustainable for at least the rest of the season. The ideal hope is that it will continue. Relievers are volatile. In Rodriguez's case, he's pitched more on zero or one-day rest compared to years past. But he is also on base to throw less pitchers in the meantime. So, interesting. Just as you know, all numbers uh, entering games are as of August 9th. I did uh, my research for this segment then um, and the update. So, listen, guys. We all want Curdle to go all in. I just had a little rant about it a couple minutes ago. Do we burn and churn through Rich Rod and I guess that's a question. Is it ethical? Do we want to go all in? It's a question worth asking. I say we be cautious because Keone Kella, we have him. The back end is Kella, Crick, and Vasquez. Unless we have to pitch Richard and Edgar Santana situations, he's off. We have Casey Sadler out there. He can come in. He had a rough outing last night, but he was effective the day prior. That's just going to do it for our episode today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. New listeners, uh, sustainable listeners, uh, I'd like to thank you. Uh, if you give me my co-host, Jared, a follow on Instagram, Jared is at pirates.strong. Great account. I'm at Bucks Dugout. Um, yeah, so we got Trevor Williams pitching tonight. We got the rest of the Giants series, and we got the Twins for two games, and the Cubs for the weekend. It's a critical stretch, and I'm just hoping that this time next week we'll have some good stuff to, to talk about. Maybe five games out, uh, we'll be in a playoff position by the time we talk. That's your ultimate goal. That's your ultimate hope. Good week, everybody. My name is Benson Fector. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to Bucko Booth. Again, next Saturday, Bucks and Bucko Baseball. As always, let's go, Bucks. Let's get the win tonight. And hopefully, by the time we talk next, we'll be in playoff position. Have a great week, everybody. Adios. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.